HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Mike. Welcome, Judy. We're having a meat party today, baby. Yeah, but we're getting a vegetarian pizza. That was an oversight. <laughs> we're here with Mike Edison and, and Patrick Martins. Wait, the, so I'm actually I'm actually a guest today. You're one of the guests, sort of. yes. Um, it's much more fun being a guest than it is being a host, actually. <laughs> co-authors, Patrick's book, The Carnivore's Manifesto, Eating Well, Eating Responsibly, and Eating Meat. Welcome, Patrick. Thanks for having me. Patrick, who is also our corporate suit here at the Heritage Radio Network. If we mock him, we could get fired. <laughs> We're now airing uh, Arts and Seizures at 7 a.m. on Mondays. <laughs> Excellent. Drive time, baby. That's okay. So tell us, why did you write this? What, what prompted you to write this book? I know you sell meat. Have you said the name of it? Yes, I read the entire thing, including subtitles, stoner. Okay. <laughs> uh, Carnivore's Manifesto. We, uh, you know, I had always known that there were all these accumulated things I'd heard, fun experiences I've had, thanks to all the great people I've gotten to work with and collaborate with over the years, all these fun foods I was able to taste over the years. And I knew that some document eventually needed to be written that kind of accumulated all these really unusual experiences in the food world I'd had. But it well, there was no catalyst until I met Mike, you know, which just happened... Uh, Planets passing, Magic stars happened. shooting. I got, I got my start right, right. Comets. Patrick's radio show, the, the main course. 
Yeah, you were like Joan Rivers, kind of, weren't you? You were the person who would <laughs> I was, fill I was in like, I was like I was Robin out. Quivers. Robin Quivers. I was the black woman that legitimized your foul mouth. <laughs> I mean, gro- growing up, were your, was your family conscientious about what they ate, or did you eat, eat McDonald's like every other kid? Or I think we were conscientious about the recipes, but not the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was growing up in the 70s, so you know, a lot of people went to the same few places to buy all the food. But something tells me commodity foods were better back in the 70s, you know, before high-tech science had uh, emptied the calories in, in a way. And before, I mean, that wasn't really a time of high fructose corn syrup, was it? No, I mean, even I, I also remember, like, for instance, Lucky Charms and things like that tasting better. So there Do you think be, they really taste yeah. better? Well, listen, this is what I'm saying, because you could say, oh, it's because I was a kid. and sung, But I do think Sunkist might have had more sweet, real juice in it. The I prizes think the marshmallows were, were made less artificially because the technology might not have even the purple, existed. The purple moons and the green clovers? Yeah, I think they become more... Or actually made from moons and clovers. Yeah, more plastic. They're, they're better prizes, though, in those days. Yeah, well, there's no more peanuts in Cracker Jacks. Know, you only get the popcorn. No more, there's no more peanuts and the oh, Cracker Stuff Jack like prizes. That. It was better. The best Cracker Jack prize. I liked the, the harmonica. It was like nine pieces. I mean, you had to kind of be like you an astro- assemble it. You had to be like an astrophysicist to figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was a great prize. Now, the last time I bought Cracker Jacks, and wow, there are no peanuts. I don't think I twigged to that. But it was like I don't know. It was it was, it was like a tattoo that didn't even work. <laughs> you know, these so have these have moving parts, musical instruments with moving parts in a box of Cracker Jacks. Those were the days. Yeah, well, we've got a lot of grandpa stories here, Judy. <laughs> so so you, um, you started working with Carlo Petrini in Italy on the slow food movement. What prompted you to open a business, Heritage Meats, which funded, founded Heritage Radio? Well, eventually we had worked with so many farmers, uh, many of them, but one in particular, Frank Reese, uh, who raised Heritage Turkeys, who was a member. His breeds were members of the U.S. Ark of Taste. Um, so, you know, there was a, a following around. What is bridge. the arc of taste? It's like a metaphorical arc onto which you board foods on the brink of extinction. Two by two. So <laughs> eggplants, no, but also eggplants or cabbages or a grape variety that might have existed only on this one slope off the hills of Western Italy. Or uh, what do they call that? Uh, Cento. What is that called? Oh, now I'm not going to. There are those very high hilled things. And I think Lombardia. Oh, anyway, well, anyway, they tried to save these endangered foods. And so one of the first items to get boarded on on the U.S. arc, you know, where we're trying to raise awareness for these foods. Because remember, like with turkeys, in order to save them, you have to eat them because they are their job is to be food. So if you want these not to be on the endangered species list, they have to become active parts of the market and raised in larger numbers. So this guy was was breeding them. And you started selling them. Mm-hmm. What is the difference, like, for the average Thanksgiving person between, like, a butterball with that handy timer and one of these turkeys? You know, why, why should I spend, like, four, five times as much money? Well, if this had to make a metaphor for the radio, uh, it would be like the Mike and Judy show on top <laughs> versus any other show on the network. I totally understand Thank now. You. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. What about getting these foods into, like, poor neighborhoods where there are food deserts? You talk a little bit about uh, wholesome wave double-value coupons. Um, 
Well, we are actually coming to the whole cost issue from this perspective. I mean, basically, the end result is maybe people need to eat less meat. Remember, we're just mm-hmm. talking about meat. We're not talking about fruits and vegetables right. and things like that. People probably just that's the end result. But the way we get there is that somehow I think in America we've developed this double standard of what we tell poor people yeah. or, you know, whatever the minority is, we might change what we tell them. And that's actually not right. There are certain truths. And the truth is that the industrial turkey or chicken has things that happen to it like it um you know was genetically modified to grow too fast and was unhealthy it needed antibiotics in its feed to just survive its short life it never saw the light of day um you know the company that raised these animals might not have dealt with the waste effectively um and it poisoned a river uh, and then the workers might not have been paid fairly. And then you answer, ask the question, who are we recommending that food to? And it's all people, rich or poor. The turkey they should be aspiring to is one that costs $140. Now, we're very realistic. We're not like a utopia. We eat bacon, egg, and cheeses all the time. I have a club sandwich for lunch today. That's fine. It's about the slow turning of the wheel. And for the slow turning, one fact is true, and that's we should be eating pasture-raised, antibiotic-free, heritage-breed meat. Actually, one reason I enjoyed uh, working with Patrick on this is because the orthodoxy wasn't such like in the Omnivore's Dilemma or the Food Rules, Michael Pollan's books, where you shouldn't eat anything that changes the color of the milk or anything that you can't pronounce because we like Malamars. You know? I thought the best part of writing the book was the free pork chops you'd come up with. Oh, man. Well, Well, you tried a lot of stuff. I got the pork pork perquisite. The goat chili that I made with the heritage goat was, uh, I got raves for it. Oh, good. You know, even from some people's like, goat, are you kidding me, Mike? This goat. But um, goat is goat is fantastic and uh no it's definitely a perquisite i like doing these food books <laughs> yeah I mean, this is your second one what was it like working with patrick i mean you i know you well, he's, he, he's like the tracy morgan Joe, of meat. cut the <laughs> cut the feed <laughs> the tracy morgan of meat i never know what the fuck's gonna come out of his mouth um, yeah. I, I, or go into it you were hoping i'm sorry i had to reject you uh, you know, I think um, aside from his lovely wife, Anne, I may be the only person on the planet who understands what the fuck he's talking about. But that's okay. I like that's, why, that's, why, that's why I'm making the big bucks. There was a, in the right stuff, that great movie. Uh, the <laughs> second guy who went up, he actually had a bad thing. He blew the hatch. His name was Gus Grissom. And yeah, Gus yeah. is, I kind of imagine me. Gus you would be you like, blew the hatch. The man's man needs a window and they'd be like what is he saying and they're like what gus is saying is that if the astronaut is the you know well you certainly do travel the spaceways i've uh, been in orbit with you plenty of times writing this book no it was good it was fun you know we uh, have to be in a lot of places our minds have to jump around because it's 53 page essays each point is its own point in and out in that, two or that, three pages that's so. a, that's well a you jump challenge. a lot well, I mean, we never come back really to the same concept in any one of the 50 chapters. So it's exciting. You never get bored on a subject because it's two pages later. But that's you won't a great challenge to write 50 separate essays, even harder, even though this book is half the length of, say, Joe Bastianich's book, which I worked on. Um, there's a lot of connective narrative tissue in, the, in there. We're telling a story. Mm-hmm. There's a thread that runs through the whole thing, but to have 50 separate ideas. Yeah. And develop them properly. Now, of course, we definitely uh, <laughs> spent a little time in the ghetto with some of yeah. these ideas. I mean, I thought we really hit the nadir with I am a goat. Well, <laughs> I, will you read a well, piece of that? Yeah, and Anne did you know, the and drawing then, of that. And, oh, what page? Anne did all the drawings in the it, book. You know, and Judy, Saxoby. I, I had the uh, awesome uh, 
pleasure of reading the uh, audiobook. I was the narrator on the audiobook of the Carnivores Manifesto, so I sort of had to get in character. I employed the, the Stanislavski method uh, <laughs> to be the cow. Because once we had, I am a goat. It's like, oh well, I am a I am a cow. And, Page one sixty three. Uh, I am a pig. So I really had to get into character. Who is your favorite cartoon pig? Uh, babe, a hundred percent. That's not a cartoon. Yes. Who's your favorite movie pig? Let's say it's mouth movie. Better than Arnold Ziffel. Well, Arnold was pretty high up there. Which was Arnold? Was Green, that Green, Green Acres? Acres? Yeah. Okay. Yes, Jaja. <laughs> this is a very Jaja goat. Yes. <laughs> that, that goat's got some attitude. That goat is fancy. Oddly, the goat's well, very. He has a lot of hubris. The, the goat sounds like Gilbert Gottfried a little bit when he reads. <laughs> How did you read him for the audio book? Um, a little bit like. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried. I don't know how it came out. The cow is kind of slow and stoned and I'm right. a ruminant. And that stupid pig is not the only one who's been on the cover of a Pink Floyd record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I got caught up in the book. You got Can so you caught are, up in my... Look at page 183. I lulled you with my, with, my, with my cow voice. When oh, wow. It, so That's like a Rasta-looking bison. And we did one chapter on Ted Turner because... Um, because Ted Turner all tried to take over the professional wrestling business. I love that you read that in. That was great. <laughs> well, explain I, it. I, I, lo- I love that there's a reference to Andre the Giant throughout this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this, this fantasy we built about Andre the Giant's parents having, you know, raising cows in the hills in France. Was, yeah. Were there professional wrestling? Was there professional wrestling in um, Bastianich's book? Uh, Did you manage to work that? No, in? but you know what's in every single book I've written, is a, including my own and uh, Joe's book and Patrick's book, are references to Liberace. Okay, yeah, that's right. my that's my tag. And so, so this is what Mike wrote on this sentence: <laughs> His celebrity as a self-made billionaire looms large, as does his infamy for controversial sound bites and his failed bid to take over professional wrestling. But as an environmentalist, <laughs> he has few peers. And then I wrote the entire rest of the book. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever have to rein Mike in and say, like, uh, Mike, you don't sound like me at all? No, I mean this book sounds a lot like Mike. Also, I mean that's why I think we came to you know collaborate well. Uh, we might ha- we have similar maybe I don't know abrupt I don't know what the word is style. I mean Mike, I can say that. I, do, I, knew, I don't I know knew, if I'm abrupt. I, I He's knew, abrupt. I knew the word. You're abrupt. <laughs> but, I knew, but I knew the word. <laughs> That's why I got paid. I will say about co-writing, you know, everyone's like, I'd like to write a book. What most people should say is, who could I co-write a book with? Because the command of vocabulary and cultural references that co-writers are supposed to have when they're at their height, like Mike. I mean, Mike's one of the best, if not the best. Uh, You know, I can't tell you how important that is. You know, and I said, if it's like a tapestry, that's the silk thread that weaves all of the parts together. And it's in every sentence. And, and, in it's, a way. and it's hackneyed cliches like that, which is why I'm the writer of the family. <laughs> Although, I did Mike, write he's most saying of it. nice things about, yeah, take I, it back. I, no, no, I no, say no, no, no. But I mean, I did write, I mean, most of these ideas were ideas I had already written down pretty right. well, you know. Uh, so, but it was a great collaboration. No, and, I, and I'm fortunate. Pat, Patrick was very, very much a mentioned, very generous uh, while writing it. And also, we worked a lot in his warehouse, which is like, you know, loaded with pork chops and lamb chops. So he Those pork chops, pork chops. We did fight, though. Because it's hard. I mean, writing oh, 50 yeah. and you have a deadline and you don't know if you'll no, make it. I got a little heated once in a while. because You're we... both high strung. But whoa, you wake up whoa, every... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Time out. Wait one second here. Roll the, roll the music. High strung. Roll the music. <laughs> I'm the most laid back guy ever. You can both be a little high strung. And I mean that in a nice way. I don't even know what like, that metaphor I'm, is. High strung? Like a, what? 
I'm like a little slice of heaven. I've never even familiarized myself with that word. So it no While you guys I yell at a, me. I am a cow. It's time to hear from oh, I engineered the star Joe, 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 Joe Galarraga. Galarraga's back, back from, from tour. tour. Oh, hey, with big ups. Welcome back, Joe. Joe, we missed you. Joe, are you going to catch it for me while we're on tour promoting the Carnivore's Manifesto? Yeah, I'm going to be drinking wine with Jeep, Jeep Sir, and we're going to be, yeah, Prosecco, bathrobes. I've been planning it out. It's going <laughs> to nice. be awesome. That sounds good. All right, you listen to Arts and Seizures here on Heritage Radio. Let's give a spin with uh, Joe Galarraga and the Big Ups. See you in a second. Can you dig it? You're on Arts and Seizures. Mr. Business is on the phone, even though we always put our phones on airplane He's like like the LeBron James of meat. Hey, superstar, get off the fucking phone. Nine for cheddar cheese now. We'll call him and see if he wants While while he's doing business, we should talk about our new book, The Potato Manifesto. Well, you know, potatoes, Jews and Irish have that in common. We love potatoes. You also love your starchy foods. I'm going to make you a nice potato, potato kugel. I will make you the most delicious garlic mashed potatoes. Oh, oh, or oh, nice. the Greek potatoes I make. Greek potatoes. Oh, so good. I'm a big fan of the au gratin. Oh, I love the au gratin. Dirty mashed. What is, what is a bad potato dish? I can't. One I, without any potatoes. I love a patata gratin. Tortilla de Grenoble with the milk in it. Ooh, man. Ooh, nice. What is that? Grenoble. Ooh. But you don't know the patate Oh, I love it when you speak French. Il y a les patates oh, making, qui sont coupées fin. He's making my blood boil when he Pas speaks French. Fin, mais fin. I'm going to go Gomez Adams over here. I'm going to start chewing on his arm any goddamn second, right? <laughs> mais c'est important de brûler le top. Il oh, faut man. brûler Lay on top. That means like no, the no, fire. No, no, like no, no, like, Don't try to. Listen, any food that involves a blowtorch. <laughs> Get torch. a co-writer on that one. All right. <laughs> so coming soon, uh, the potato manifesto. Yes. But we're talking about the meat book. No, I think a potato manifesto, what would its main call to arms be? Potatoes. Boiling oil. Bo- 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 <laughs> this bo- is a recipe book. Bo- this bo- is not a manifesto. Boiling oil. <laughs> Boil oil, cheese. When hot oil, it's a potato. 
beautiful things happen. <laughs> but that's also, a like, fondue tradition where you oh, dip potatoes into boiling oil. I do that so yeah. good. Yeah. So All right. Good. Well, party at Judy's house. Um, yeah. Well, you know, we came up with the Rablazian feast where we picked our favorite uh, items and talked about it. And, 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 and extreme. Well, you know, that's another thing about this crudita. book, too, is like, which, you know, I enjoy, like, the, the, the spirit of eating. Not not just, you know, cooking, and, but, like, like, of eating and really getting down with it and really throw, throwing down hard, like a medieval feast. You know, in, that, in our desire to be careful, we never let ourselves go. And that's a problem. Then you're never really ever fulfilled, and that's sad. Well, everything in moderation, but especially moderation. <laughs> he came up with some great quotes from the book. I mean, uh, you know, uh, cultural well, references. Well, you know, we're talking about May feasting. West, like, well, May, Liberace, May West, as uh, purloined by Liberace, the king of conspicuous consumption, too much of a good thing is wonderful. <laughs> and then what's the one about uh, a routine and habit and... Hob, you know, that, uh, That's Oscar Wilde, I think. Oscar Wilde. But, um, yeah, we're, you know, we're going to go out on the road, right, Patrick? We went on the road? Yep. We have very mm-hmm. fun events planned uh, at Roberta's this Tuesday. I don't That's, know when uh, the Tuesday, show Tuesday, is Tuesday June 10th. June 10th. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yes, come to Roberta's here in Bushwick and uh, have, a, have a big meat party with us. And then we have about nine event stops in San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, and... We're like Eugene. We're like Eugene. I'm so excited about Eugene. Why? And uh, Portland. Eugene is great. You know, there used to be a professional wrestler. people need this book. There was, there was a professional wrestler named Eugene, and his gimmick was he was, like, mentally deficient, challenged. He was a retard. There, I said it. Oh, man. It was a good gimmick. You're going to get us thrown off the air, Mike. <laughs> 130 shows later, if I haven't yet, I think we're in some pretty safe territory. You're our, you're our cleanup hitter at 3 a.m. <laughs> you told me to go ahead and read I, this. I thought, sex, I, thought, sex I thought we were, like, the morning zoo crew. 3 a.m. There's a, a lot of people work nights. <laughs> Let's talk about the sex cells uh, chapter, because Patrick wanted to cover that. About, like, goats having sex like bunnies. Um, Taking food porn to a whole new level. Juicy juicy turkey breasts. Well, well tell them about well, the life on the industrial well, farm. Well, this is a book that also advocates sleeping with your butcher, so... Uh, and cheesemonger <laughs> and bartender. But, I mean, these animals... Um, Everything is, is artificially as, inseminated. You know, there's no sex happening on any industrial farm well, anywhere. You know, why is there always animals no, should be allowed to you know get it? You on. know, you're reading your Charles Dickens, who's very Dickensian, I find. Yes, he is <laughs> probably one of the top. <laughs> uh, and we, you know, they're always eating goose at Christmas, and you wonder why because it's in season; it's natural. And they have sex in the winter. They're born in the spring. All well, the grasses grow and well, all that but, stuff happens. But, but, but turkeys and then these birds, I mean, that's when they're naturally mated. In the spring, lambs, you know, you talk about Passover and Easter. It's not just a convenient symbolism. Basically, lamb, everything is actually, growing to get you through winter. Actually, Except for chickens and cows and pigs, which have sex all the time. So, like, Goat-tober happens because the cute little baby goats have matured into edible goats? hmm Correct. Goats are delicious. And by the way, you know what's challenging for cheese people but is, the you know, to make cheese, <laughs> you need milk. And to make milk, animals need to be having babies all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, where do all the males go on dairies? You know, it's Where do they go? Well, to, you know, meat. But that's, you know, those should be raised sustainably and, you know, not like as an offshoot. It should be its own industry as well. I mean, is there, is there any danger that we would, if we got rid of industrial farming and relied on smaller farmers, is there a danger that we would move out, run out of food and starve to death as a country? Well, it worked once upon a time. Cut the stream. <laughs> Cut the stream. <laughs> <laughs> 
Depot. No, um, well, no. first of all, the industrial food complex, mm-hmm. which currently runs 98% of the system, right. is not feeding the whole world now. So we are both not succeeding. I mean, we're not even being given the opportunity. But I guarantee you, if given the opportunity, mankind would step up. You know, one not the, step down. You shouldn't be buying your food from a com- company that, from a publicly traded company because they're looking at the bottom line and food production and those kind of profits. Dividend are, 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 You know, it's a terrible concept. And it's the, your it's the wrong. It's the wrong motivation. So how do, how does someone shop ethically? According to like a carnivore's manifesto. you got to get stoned and then go to fairway. <laughs> the, 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 the chapter that got 86 from this book was uh, about getting stoned and going to the supermarket, which really was my tour de force in soon to be motion. You're just going to have to wait for the movie. No, you, you wouldn't It'll just come, come home soon. with like Twinkies and, mas- and well, uh, you know macaroni. What, well, you know what happened? I got, no. I, got, I, got, I got properly stoned and I went to fairway, which is, let me tell you something. You know, you smoke half a joint of that, that hair metal pot, whatever the you know, and the produce section is like day three at the Monterey Pop Festival. I mean, it's it's happening. Um, but what happened was, you know, yeah, you'd think I'd be loading up on uh, Ready Whip and and uh, Fudge Town cookies and whatnot. But uh, really, I went right for the butcher and I got all sorts of organic lamb chops and mm-hmm. um, and uh, lots of beer. <laughs> but the idea, how unlike you, but the Mike. Idea, yeah, the idea is that. I find the biggest question face, facing... No, he loved everything. This was like a circus. He was going through. You were seeing colors. It's you wonderful. were seeing so it's like, delicious well, home uh, it's, uh, things that, you know, uh, comfort foods, you know, that but, you grew up but the, with. But the idea is that... Bagels. I find he fell in love with the bagels section. Uh, let me tell you something. The, the, the bagels at Fairway at are I like... Uh, I don't know what's going on over there, but they're doing something right. The bagels at Fairway will go toe-to-toe, mano-a-mano with any bagel in New York. The funny thing this about is him, what a Lost in the Supermarket is about by <laughs> Joe Strummer. This is what he was talking talking about actually oh interesting can you play a riff of that without him suing us um he's dead, he's dead. oh his his but, uh, but, but, estate but stay tuned yeah. to arts and seizures because one day we're bringing him back oh the cross. i wish our, our to... psychic never came through for us now our psychic you know we were gonna get a psychic to come do a, a seance on arts and seizures oh. and of course like well who should we talk to we're like i don't know i know Jimi hendrix elvis let Joe me Strummer. check out the nice not like table. jesus or saint thomas aquinas or you know or moses you know well that's who she wanted somebody worthwhile elvis we're, we're so we're so shallow no she she didn't come on the show instead two people who went to one of her seances did and said she sucked <laughs> so we don't need to and there, there you have it. Table has to move. If the table doesn't move, it's a disappointment. <laughs> so married to a, a cheesemonger, you guys must have the best dinners ever. Mui? <laughs> oh, Tish. No, actually, uh, you know, our lives, it's more... Uh, her, her contribution is, like, I get home and I eat, like... $20 worth of cheese. No, I, not $20, but, you know, I'll just... I eat $20 lot. worth of cheese isn't that much. Actually, you're wrong. Uh, the charcuterie and cheese are actually the cheapest foods they are. Um, they just have to be eaten somewhat in moderation and like with a pasta. But, uh, you know, a little wheel of her cheese, or I can give an example better with, uh, you know, Armandino Batali's salumi in, made in Seattle. Man, that, that salami is It's the thinnest slice. The thinnest okay. slice. So you can eat... Uh, uh, a tenth of an a, and, and you know, tenth true. of a pound and feel fulfilled, that's, that's, and that's an appetizer. That's like a twenty dollars salami. I mean, but, it, but that still only costs you eighty cents. But when, when it's got so much flavor in it, and you slice it so you yeah. can see through it, see it through it, and you know, 
Because when I first got it, when you gave it to me, it was mind-boggling how good it was. It trusts you to make the slices. I mean, if you make a huge slice and treat right. it like a commodity salami, which is how much you have to eat of it to even get, like, some mouthfeel. Dude, that salami chicken. was a little game changer. And it came with a little bell on it. It was like a little ribbon and a bell that my cat loved. That's this a great that, little no, you're, store. you're back to the fairway thing. Fairway. With the bell uh, on it? No, the, the, the Mario, uh, the, the Batali Salumi had, it had a little ribbon and a bell on it. It was like this nice little package. There's never been. It was the gay touch. And you always need the gay, you always need the gay touch. A slice of avocado with brunch. So anyway, the fairway <laughs> thing was a very, very fun chapter. But, you know, that got taken out of the book. Well, I think, you know. Um, because of the drugs reference, do you think? Because we would never use drugs. We do, we do, we actually do speak, though, about marijuana, um, at some, at some length in the book, in a chapter uh, about tetoir, which is a word that Patrick invented, and it's also is my way of getting him to speak more French, because you're making me so hot. Merci. <laughs> um, but tetoir, uh, and you'll explain it better, but um, tetoir, is, tetoir is to the mind what tetoir is to the soil. That's Tell right. us more. Well, you know what terroir is. It influences how certain foods taste, and mm-hmm. tetoir builds when one creative person passes on skills or knowledge to another creative person. Like Joe is a lead singer and he's getting, let's say he's like 98 years old and he's at the hospice. (laughs) He'll go to one of those new up and coming boy bands and be like, hey kid, I'm going to tell you, you're moving your hips wrong. You got to put more into it. You call that a scream? I'll scream for you. Well, it was definitely a terroir. That's a, a, a punk being rock. passed. That's not a soil agricultural thing. And it's, a, yet, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. It sounds like you'd be pretty good at it, Patrick, actually. Um, He's I'm got all the secrets. Singer. I'm more of a... It sounds like you've been watching a lot I'm of boy bands. I'm more of a Ringo star. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awkward silence. <laughs> well, I have that effect on now, now that Patrick and I have sucked all the air out of the room. Yeah. But um, we are we are taking this on the road. We are the uh, Merry Pranksters of Meat. We're going on a mystery. We're renting a van. Oh, well, Little the, Brown the, is renting a van the for the us. Merry, thanks to you. The Merry Pranksters because, because I, I, you know, I know, to, I know how to talk to these people. These so pub, who, these publishing who, who people. is going to be on your little caravan of crazy? Well, the executive director, she could pull the plug on this show like this. I'd still have to go through people. She just takes your little thing out of the switchboard and no one can hear you. So you have, it's you two. Is is Aaron going? Aaron's coming along with us. She's and, the executive uh, director. And, okay. um, more, and, and the, pretty much the entire staff of Heritage Food. But um, we are uh, driving from San Francisco, which is also going to encompass uh, a gig in Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. and uh, Hillsburg, St. Helena. Where can we find the itinerary? So our On the Heritage friends. Foods USA blog. And if you're very close to Micro Judy, there's one private event that's happening. And, uh, you know, we'd love for a few people <laughs> to come to that, too. Only close friends. And as ever, it has been the fastest half hour on the Internet today. Right, it's over. That's it. Little Brown, Carnivore's Manifesto, Hatchet Group. Don't go to Amazon. They're having a war with each other. That's right. We're getting beaten up. Um, Go to BarnesandNoble.com or your local bookstore. Word Bookstore, Powell's. That's right. Please support your local bookseller. Go to Powell's. No, wait. Change that. Everyone go to Powell's. And you can order online. It's in Portland, but it's going to be a problem. Order online. It's going to be good for sales. At Powell's. We'll see you guys Tuesday, June 10th here at Roberta's for uh, the Carnivore's Manifesto party. So for uh, Judy Patrick and Joe in the booth, this is Mike. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes Store by searching Heritage Radio Network. 
You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.